Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am Athlete Tonight. What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, amateur chef and NFL defensive lineman who has sacked some of the goats in the game. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, yours truly, Lige Doosable. And I'm joined by my guys, boxing enthusiasts, all-decade running back in Harrisburg, PA, finest, my guy, LaShawn Shady McCoy, and an avid Chicago Bears fan former first-round pick of the Boston Celtics and 2006 NBA champion with the Miami Heat, Mr. Shimmy himself, my guy, Antoine <laughs> Walker. And Shady, I saw you laughing when I called him an avid Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> Why Why you, my, 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 my dog, Tuan Loyal, he said they 2-1, they're making the playoffs, Shady. Yo, come on, man. Yo, <laughs> Yo he really a Bears fan. Listen, <laughs> I was watching the game, right? <laughs> I swear to God on my son, yo, I couldn't think of nobody else but Twan. Like, damn, this dude really is a Bears fan. We talked about Justin Fields. He is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Twan say, you don't care. Tell him, tell him, Twan, you don't care nothing hey, about Twan, that. Y'all two on one. Real quick, hey, Twan, look, your man has 70 up. passing yards, though, bro. <laughs> we two on one on top of the division. The, the first game, we played in the worst conditions you can ever play in. So that, that we can't even count the first game. What happened in the second game? What about the second game at 70 yards, though? Yeah, 70 the yards in real game, NFL. Well, the second game was on the offensive coordinator. Y'all saw the plays he was calling. We running shotgun um, draws on, on the goal line. We're doing all type of bad play calling. Yeah, man, Luke Getsy. But we're but we producing wins right now. We're two on one. Hey, dudes. Yeah. We're on top of the NFC North. If I, had a, say. if I had a girlfriend, right? To okay. have that type of trust and belief that he has in his bears, bro, I'll be happily married. You be bro. married by now, huh? Oh my! With, with all type of kids, like live like a king. That's bull crap. Oh, and you know what? Sad part is, people in Chicago probably really believe that. No, nah, they, they do. probably really believe that. They we do. have a chance. <laughs> the coordinator's this is the coordinator's fault. He has seventy Ooh. yards passing <laughs> with two picks. <laughs> Twan, at the end of the day, it's a win, huh? Twan, tell him. Man, listen. As we continue with this show, you guys, I know this is going to happen. You guys are going to talk about wins and losses. If you win, you lose. It's like we get into this Dallas conversation, the conversation we're about to have. I'll be bringing this back oh, up. Man. Shady, it's all about the W's. We 2-1. We're on top of the division. 
right, wait, before we move on, dudes, I only want to go to the show. No, no, no. We got some time to chop it up. I just want to ask you one more question about the Bears. I'm going to leave him alone because we already know what Justin Fields is, right? How you feel about this last game, this last win against Texas, though? Like, come on, man. The Houston. How you feel about that win? I I, I felt like our defense saved us. Our defense did a terrific job. It's two sides of the ball. Sometimes okay. How Justin Fields play? We um, it probably (laughs) was his worst. This it probably was his worst game as a Bear. I I would have probably. He said probably. probably it probably was his worst game as a bear. He was not very this good. It's a close one. <laughs> he was not very good. I mean, I was talking to Tawan about this too, Shay. I mean, just in his first two games, they only dropped back and passed with him 28 times, bro. In two games. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that I is? I think we all know why bro, that is. Bro, I never watched Jim Brown play. This has to be the closest thing to watching Jim Brown play is watching the Bears. They run the ball up and down the field. Real quick, their running back coach, his name is David Walker. He coached me at Pittsburgh. Mm. I won't talk about our conversations because I don't do that, right? But I'll just say this, man. The Bears can play in the NFL with a fullback at quarterback and run the ball the whole game. And it looks the same way with Justin Fields. It's literally what they do now. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and it's just because they don't play a brand of football that you guys may not like or anything – that we watched the shit bowl oh. yesterday for Monday Night Football. Both of we those did teams. see that. that well, okay, that that wasn't they weren't exciting football. We well, I don't know. The second night. half got kind of excited. If anything, I would say Sunday Night's game was more terrible than that. Come on, man. We watched Cooper Rush is better than Justin Fields. We, listen, we watched true or false. Bron- true or false. The Dev- we watched the Denver Broncos and San Francisco 49ers, ten to eleven. Stop. Yeah, that was boring. Man. Yeah, it was terrible. That's why I said stop. I said that Sunday Night game was worse. Come on, answer that question, though. Stop it. Stop it, man. Don't, Can I ask you that question, though, big dog? Oh, my God. I'm listening. Yo, is Cooper Rush the backup <laughs> that's playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Is he better than Justin Fields? He might be better no. than that. No, he has a better he offensive line. That. And he has better weapons. <laughs> he might be better than okay. that. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm done with I'm You off the hot seat? <laughs> yeah. Getting back to you, Shady, right? Everybody saw your tweet uh, yesterday, and we talked about it on the show. We actually played some clips Back in May, of you talking about Eric Bannerman and how he talks to players a certain way, was your tweet, you know, another indication of what you were talking about when we talked to you about it back in May? Well, first of all, I, I never really lie. I'm always honest. <clears throat> I just, I'm, I'm always comfortable in my own skin, so I say what I want to say. And I'm always honest. So when I seen him going back and forth with, with this $400 million quarterback, <laughs> I thought, oh. Half a bill. Some things hasn't changed. When mm. I first got there, first of all, when I um before I got there, I had so many people hit me up like, "Hey, watch EB, watch him now, like watch him." Because the type of person I am, you know, right and right and wrong is wrong. If a coach say something the type of way to me, I'm gonna say something back, depending on what it is. I'm coachable, yeah. but it's respecting. And the time I was there, he's arguing with with Kelsey, Damian Williams, all, all the players. I'm like, this dude be like. I never seen coaches like go back and forth with players, yeah. like each, in each other's face. I never really seen that, so that was definitely different. But I never seen them talk like that to Pat. They never really got into it, you know, because Pat's on a whole other level. And then when yeah. I spoke on, when I spoke on him, like he don't call no plays. He Andy sends the plays into him. He sent it to Pat. He don't. He don't talk about none of the passing game. He talks to the running backs about running the ball because he's a running back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting, right? Because I think Patrick Mahomes was a little upset. Again, you're paying this dude almost half a billion dollars, 
and he just wants his opportunity to potential put up, potentially put up points right before half. But you take the ball out of his hands, right, and go into halftime saying we're going to halftime. And we asked this question about Russell Wilson, right, that on the in opening week versus Seattle. People were wondering why would, you know, Hackett spend all this money in the, in the Broncos organization, spend all this money, and then decide to kick a almost 60-yard field goal to win the game instead of, you know, putting it in that quarterback's hands who you paid 160-plus million to and guarantees. So, I mean, to your point, I understand why Pat, you know, Patrick Mahomes was mad. We saw it yesterday, too, with Quentin Williams and his defensive line coach getting into it. Like, he was like, you know, you spent all this money on his defensive line, but you're blitzing seven guys and leaving our corners on island versus one of the most explosive offenses in all of football. So I think, Twan, I want to ask you this question. We saw the Miami Heat kind of have a, a instance like this on the sideline last year with Jimmy uh, Butler and Eric Spolstra and then Udallas Haslam got in. Is it common, you know, for coaches and, and players in the NBA to get in each other's faces like this during the game? No, it's not common, but, you know, I just from a player's perspective and for me and just when I hear stories like this or see stories like this, I come from an era where you where the, the coach is a coach and you respect the coach, you call him coach, you know, but sometimes with these players and when things get messed up and where a lot of these professionals where I've seen in the league is when they don't call coach coach and they start calling them by their first name. And yeah. I think that's when the respect factor starts to become a little different. Um, I think you always got to try to keep it in that essence because what happens is Obviously, it's basketball players are paid to make make and miss shots. You you know you got to make shots, and that's how you get judged. So when we get in these tough situations and drawing up plays and getting the ball to the right people, I mean that's the coach's job. That's what they paid them three, four, five million dollars for. So I think that's where the problem comes in. That sometimes that we get caught up. Sometimes it's, coaches got a job to do, and the players got a job to do. But I never seen I've seen coaches and um, and players argue. Um, but never would they got face to face where they wanted to push each other and they wanted to throw blows. It's just I, I've seen the arguments, but I never seen it that serious. Not 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 in my time, my 13 years in the league. I never seen it. Mm, interesting. This is I am athlete tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Dues, but with my guys, LaShawn Shady McCoy and Antoine Walker. And we have a great show. Let's go ahead and get into it, fellas. It's Tuesday, so you know we have our get it off your chest segment. Call in and vent. Or praise your favorite team for how they performed this past weekend. The number is 888-623-3646, 888-MAD-DOG-6. We want to hear from you. Guys, it looks like Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook are besties now. Talk about a change of events. We'll discuss that. And Dan Campbell said he second-guessed his decision to kick a field goal late in the game versus the Vikings and wish he had gone for it on fourth down. Should he have done that? We discussed that as well. But first, the Dallas Cowboys pulled off a victory with their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. Now, CeeDee Lamb made a one-handed touchdown catch with about 8.30 to go in the game to give them the go-ahead score. And the Cowboys won 23-16 over the New York Giants on Monday night football. Now, Cooper Rush threw for 210 yards, including that one-yard touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb. Now, Lamb finished the game with eight catches for 87 yards, but he could have had a lot more. He had a pivotal drop, which would have probably been a 52-yard touchdown pass. Now, on the sideline, he was pacing back and forth. His teammates continued to encourage him. This is CeeDee Lamb talking about how he stepped up big after that touchdown pass that he put, that he dropped earlier in the game. It was a tough, you know, third quarter, just kind of thinking about I kept thinking about it. All the guys kept preaching to me to 
I let it go, let it go. We still got more game left. And then uh, fourth quarter when I kept hearing my number being called, I knew it was my opportunity again. So I had to step up. Now, Cooper Rush still had faith in CeeDee Lamb because he kind of force-fed him on that last drive. I believe he had three catches on that last drive when he got that one-handed touchdown catch. This is Cooper Rush talking about how he still had faith in CeeDee Lamb throughout the game. He's CeeDee Lamb. He's going to make plays. Um, he sh- I'm sure he wants that one back, but you know, you're going to hang with a guy like that. He's an unbelievable player. Um, I didn't even realize someone told me he just the fade. He caught one hand. I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, so unbelievable catch. I was just making sure his feet got down. And um, big-time player. Ran a good four-out on a play, and uh, you know that's what he's about. Now, Brian Dayball, the New York Giants coach, is trying to change the culture in New York. Started off 2-0 this season, right? And had them in potential to potentially tie the game up or maybe even score and go for two and win the game. At the end, Daniel Jones ends up getting picked off because his receiver seals, slips and falls, and Trayvon Diggs gets an interception. This is Brian Dayball talking about giving Dallas credit for their win. Uh, tough game. Uh, give Dallas credit. Just didn't get quite done tonight. You know, they made more plays um, than we made. And, you know, give them credit. Get back to work. Get ready for Chicago here soon. LaShawn Shady McCoy, could Jeffrey Jones' wish of having a quarterback controversy truly be coming true? Could this be a situation like, when Dak became the starter after Romo got hurt. These are not my words. This is his words. <clears throat> Jerry Jones said, oh, they asked, do you think it's a quarterback controversy? He said, oh, I would love that. That's what he said, not he me. definitely did it. <laughs> Twan, I didn't say that. This is what he said. This is what the owner <laughs> of the franchise, and this is what the GM said. Because Jerry Jones is the owner and the, fran- and the uh, GM. Correct. This is my thing. When I watch Dak play, right, I think Dak is a good quarterback. Nothing more, nothing less. Last time he played in a game, I don't know about last year or, or a couple months ago, the last time he played, he, he put up three points. <laughs> he put up 135 yards. Sounds like a guy you know, Twan. <clears throat> and he had no touchdowns and a pick. <laughs> oh, oh Shady, clarify that. Who's the guy that Twan knows? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. <laughs> when I when I watch this young boy play, right? I can't even call him because he's not really that young. He's about 26, 27 years old. Yeah. When I watch Cooper Rush play, right? Because it's rush hour right now. Mm. When I watch Cooper Cooper. Rush play. First of all, let's take into account that he is playing with a conservative offense of playbook, yeah. right? They're running the ball heavy um, and they're not giving him too many passes just because that's how it works. Either a young quarterback or an experienced quarterback, they, they to simplify the offense. I get it. But when I watch him play, it's the small things like you blitz the hell out of a quarterback that's young or inexperienced. When yeah. I watch him get blitzed, I see him complete passes. Mm-hmm. I see him step in the pocket, deliver the ball. I watched some of his his ball placements. Yesterday, when um, CeeDee Lamb caught that one-hand pass, he could have caught that with two hands. Yeah. That, that, was, a, that was a dot. Yeah. I watched when they threw a deep pass to him on the sideline when he dropped it. They're not even throwing the ball that much. Yeah. So I got to give this boy credit because he doesn't look like a, an experienced quarterback. He looks solid. You can win with this quarterback. Everybody was so panicky. Oh, we're panicking. You know, he's hurt. Oh, that's, he, he got to come back sooner because we don't know what he can do. Now when you look at it, they won the last two games. They're going to win this next game against Washington, right? So now the dude's going to be 4-0 as a starter. They mm. only lost, what, one game this season? Yeah, it was versus Tampa Bay, yeah. Come on, man. So they're going to go into the playoffs. They Listen, they look better than what people thought. That's all I'm trying to say. Nobody wants to get as good as credit oh, you gotta because get of Dak, but credit. it happens like that. Yeah, and i follow up before I go to Tom with you. You're talking about the, the offense is simple, right? 
But honestly, the last two weeks, it seems like Kellen Moore has opened up the playbook more than he did with Dak. If we be no, no, honest. no, 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 they stayed in a lot of max protection. With no, two no, no, they did that. They did that. But I'm just saying the way he was able to get receivers open, like on that CD Lamb play, how he brought him across on the drag route after motioning them. And then also, remember on that, that last was still drive? That max protection, though. Yeah, yeah, but also on that last drive, remember he chipped them and released them. He chipped CeeDee Lamb and released them. Oh, yeah. But they, was, they wasn't doing none of that with Dak, bro. So it's it's funny. And then what we talked about, right, Shady? They getting Tony Pollard involved early in the game, right? Yes, early. True. They didn't do you that with Dak. Game, so it's, it's crazy Zach, to me Zach that was, like... Uh, Zeke won then. Yeah, I'm game. like, I'm like, bro, they're they doing stuff that they should be doing with Dak, but they're doing it with Cooper Rush. And I'm like, does Kellen Moore not like Dak Prescott? Or he just feels like because he's getting paid all this money, I don't got to help him out on offense. I mean, overpaid. Mm. <laughs> just like that. What's up, Twan? Why you making that I'm, face? Twan, what's up? <laughs> because I got to, I can't believe y'all. I can't, I got to disagree with y'all, man. He played one you game. You always do. Man. No, but he played, <laughs> seriously. But listen, he played one game. You can't. You he can't played last it. year too, Tor. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. He's last year. What were they? Last, last game, year? and he played. He played two what, games. What was they play? What, and what, last what year. Was they last year. Come on, man. They Stop made it. the playoffs and got smoked. The offense was null and void that yeah. whole the whole game. You guys watched that game last night. The reason why the Dallas Cowboys won the defense was was great, but on top of that, they they ran the ball thirty times. They got one hundred seventy six yards rushing. Yeah, they had a. They had a he nice don't get no. He don't get no credit for that. No, no. I'm, listen, Cooper Rush is good. I'm when you get a W. You don't want you guys criticize guys for getting W's <clears throat> when they win. You guys criticize guys for getting W's, not me. So I like Cooper Rush, but it's not a quarterback controversy. Zach will be back. I, I'm gonna give you game week. Uh, I'm, he coming back against the Rams. He gonna miss one more game. He'll be back. Mm. He'll be back to normal. He holding the fort down. Is that can I ask you a question? Him. He's been in this system since what 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. So he should be able to come in and be comfortable and play comfortable. Why? Whoa, 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 whoa. The play, the playbook's going to be different for a superstar. So y'all telling me the the better quarterbacks in this league don't change plays at the offensive line and they don't have different packages? That's true. Yeah, yeah you're right. They do. It's, it's a research. I can't. I'm not going to say that it's a quarterback controversy. No, no, it's too early. Man. Well, well, it, I mean, it, the it, it can't, well, it can't. It can't be because one guy makes a hundred million dollars. The exactly. other guy, <laughs> he, he makes my salary on TV. So, I mean, like, <laughs> one guy making 900 grand, one guy's making... I like so, that one, Shady. <laughs> but, but, hold on, real quick. If if it was just even playing field, like, no more guaranteed money, oh, yeah. right? It's going to be some talk. And there, this is the reason why. is because sports is all about how can I get so much value from a player on the court mm. or on the field for cheap. Cheap. That's 100%. all I'm saying. And I ask you one more question before I'm done with you, Tuan. One more question, real quick. If Cooper Cup played for the Bears, will he take Justin Fields' job? Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what I'm talking well, about. I'm excited. All right, listen, Cooper listen, Rush. Listen, Cooper Rush also has better weapons too. Let's not sit here and say Tony Pollard's a bomb. Ezekiel Elliott can't play. CD Lamb. Y'all, y'all back feels better. Y'all back feels better. I was about to say. The Bears' well, backfield is better. Montgomery's hurt right now, no, no. but definitely Montgomery, it is. Montgomery's yeah. nice. We, yeah, we and, and Herbert. Herbert's nice, too. And Herbert was – and I knew he was nice in college. He did nice okay. last year, and he's doing good this year. Okay. What you about to say? And you got a, a real number one. He's got a real number one Ooh, receiver. That's the that's the okay. determined okay. to be seen if that, CD's the number one. Let's talk about – He won't answer the question, though. He didn't answer the question yet. The guy that he was on the practice squad with, he had a nice rhythm with him. You can see that. 
Cooper okay, Rush has some, he's got some stuff yeah, with him. Okay, man. okay, Twan. I see you, Twan. <laughs> Look, man, y'all can y'all not gonna beat my head in like this. <laughs> yo, he didn't. No. Yo, he didn't answer a question. We can move on. He didn't answer a question. We can move on. <laughs> no, Twan. I want to. I want to ask you this question, though, Twan. Uh, and I let you, you know, have your say your piece. Daniel Jones, right? Uh, we've seen the improvement this year with you know uh, Brian Dable as head coach. Bad interception week one versus Titans, right? But is this a losing battle for him? Because if you look on the outside, you talk about your Bears not having any weapons on the outside. He's dealing with almost the same thing. And then the one guy he could kind of depend on tore his ACL this past week. Uh, Sterling is going to be out for the year. Kenny Galladay, as we would say in the locker room, Shady, is stealing. He's a thief in the night. He's stealing. (laughs) So, like, Daniel Jones, again, had an opportunity to potentially tie that game up. His receiver falls down. Uh, Trayvon Diggs gets the interception and ended up losing the game. But do you think, you know, as a quarterback of that team, is he fighting a losing battle that he can't win? Well, he's fighting a losing. To me, he's fighting a losing battle because he don't have any weapons. But also the Giants game plan. You got Barkley back. This guy healthy. He ready to go. He got to carry the ball 14 times. It was a tight game last night. It was never mm-hmm. until the end of the situation where you had to really get out your game plan and stop running the ball. You could hit him with some screenplays. He was blind. He was doing more blocking than anything. So you got a guy like this, a super talent who's playing, who's having a good year. You got to milk him. He should be getting the ball 25, 30 well, times right now. Well, Twan, you know why he was weapon. blocking, right? Well, I, I was that right tackle was getting yeah. cooked. <laughs> yeah. But you got to get Daniel. You got to be able to give him some dump offs, make it easy for him. He don't got a lot of weapons. Your weapon is your running back. You got to use him more. And I was just watching the game last night. Like, man, because I got Brockley on fantasy. I'm like, why he wasn't getting the ball? I'm just <laughs> so not serious. So I'm you, like, you vested in another in another way. That's well, why you want to box me that ball. I'm saying it brought it, it just made it stand out to me even more why he was not getting the ball. Yeah. I couldn't understand it. I didn't like that game plan. I like Daniel Jones. I don't think he's a superstar. I love his athletic ability. I mean, he mm. rushed for 80 dollars yesterday. Um, I would like to see him with some weapons before I make a, a complete judgment of him, but we are in his fourth year. So I mean I don't know how many you know how many more years they're going to give him a chance. This might be his last year and having yeah. the opportunity to be a starting quarterback in this league. But it's unfortunate. It happened to a lot of guys. They don't get they don't get the offensive line or the weapons, so they never able to, to you know see the real potential that they have. So it's, it's unfortunate. But I, I I don't dislike him. I think he's pretty good because I like his athletic ability because he can make yeah. plays with his feet. Quickly, Shady, do you think Daniel Jones is fighting a, a losing battle with the Giants? Because again, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And he really ain't got no weapons on the outside. I know who's not on Twan's fantasy team. <clears throat> I think with Daniel Jones <laughs> is this, man. Like, he's under so much pressure. He's a quarterback for the New York Giants. It mm. comes with a lot of pressure himself. You know, um, Galloway, like, they had so much uh, hope for him. They paid right. him so much money. He's not even playing. So it is a lot of pressure. And, like, they don't care about who's out there. They want answers. They want results. So I actually feel bad for him, but that's the nature of the of the game we play in, right? And then, fair enough, once it's, it's over as far as the year, if he doesn't have a good year, he's gone. They yeah. don't care about who's out there playing. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Some franchises, is just tough. It's like playing in Philly. I mean, you got to, you know, some of the, the sports-heavy football towns, even Chicago. I mean, this is a real, being in Chicago, this is a, I would say the Bears are first in sports here. People want to know what the Bears doing. They, they're investing to the Bears. And, I mean, I know you guys, and I'm very protective of Justin Fields, but it's a lot of Bears fans are, are starting to put that question mark up. He just wasn't good. 
but they was able still to get the win. We got we, we got you know, we got to give them the four yeah, years. <laughs> I would, let, I would let him go today, man. But like, it's it's crazy how like this guy's eyes don't work. Like, he's he watching when I'm watching. He talk about he's some hope. I, I'm done. I don't, I, Shady, I don't know if you watch the Bears. I got a feeling that you went to oh, the listen, and then you just I, went I in. Put, I put money on games. I watch them, and and, and, and I won. But like, yo, I always bet against him. He you throws some crazy Shady. picks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Tyreek Hill says he has a message for Eli Apple. Now, Tyreek Hill wasted no time starting to trash talk early after Sunday's big win against the Buffalo Bills. Listen to what Tyreek Hill had to say to Eli Apple. I can't wait to go against Eli Apple, man. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here. That's it. Intel. Now, this feud stems to last year's AFC Championship game when the Bengals beat the Chiefs for a trip to the Super Bowl. Now, in that win, Apple took a shot at Hill on Twitter during the game. Apple tackled Hill in the red zone before the first half, before Tyreek Hill could go into the end zone. It cost Kansas City some points. So Tyreek Hill simply responded to Eli Apple on Twitter and saying, no Twitter beef, big dog. Just hit my line. Apple chimed in one more time, but focused mainly on the team's success. LaShawn Shady McCoy, what do you think about Tyreek Hill's message to Eli Apple? I've been there before. You know, you talk like certain guys, it's like average. You're talking bad about you, and you're getting your feelings. They win the game, and you kind of respond. But I guess Shady McCoy in his 30s, I probably wouldn't even respond. I mean, like, we talking about Eli Apple, and we talking about the cheetah. I, I think it costs him more money to even speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, why I'm, I wouldn't even – Apple's, like, real, real regular, you know? <laughs> And, and the crazy thing is that they're going to hide Eli Apple against against Tyreek Hill. They're not going to have him guarding him. Yeah, they're going to play that cover too. You already know. 
But so, this, this I mean, is the question I asked you, Shady. Has there, and you said, you know, younger Shady oh, probably would have responded. Yeah, I know. So I know yeah. you publicly was just on Joe Button's podcast and you said you didn't, quote unquote, have an issue with OC, but you say you just don't vibe with him. You just give him a head nod. So like, I know yeah, you played well, for the Eagles. He played for the Giants. Was, was some of that because of that? No, it's just, it's just level of respect. So when I was a young boy, or a young boy, he didn't respect me, right? I, mean, I hit him on like a, a chip block, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And he was like, uh, you know, he got that little accent. He called me, you're, you're back up, McCoy. You're back up. Right? Now, <laughs> cool. Right? I bet. So we kind of got into it. He thought I was back down. We got into it. Now, granted, he was the guy I wasn't. So when I became that guy, you know what I mean? I made a big, big fuss about it. Like, you regular, you this, you that. You know what I'm saying? You ain't nothing like, you know, I got, you know how I get. And that's where the beef really started because I never wanted to like mend it or like be cool again. It was over. I don't want to shake But why, why didn't you want to be cool again? I mean, that was just nah, in the heat of battle, where, right? Where I'm from, we, we never become cool once it's issues. It's always issues. It's never, and if we're going to be cool about it, you go your way, I go my way. Simple yeah. as that. I didn't want to do that. So Sounds when like I was Cardi saying, B, I, B said, when we got beef, it's for life. Yeah, it's just, it's just levels of it. Like, I won't do nothing physically to you, yeah. but we're not about to be talking and all that. Yeah. So, Twan, I asked you the oh, same wait, question. Wait, hey, Twan, wait, you know what I, I did one time? I don't know. It's kind of hating a little bit, but I, I was 20. I didn't care. Look, and now at the time, I'm like an all pro. I'm, I'm I'm him. Like my third year, I think. He was about to get a contract. <laughs> uh, I think he's up for a contract. And I tweeted, this one Twitter started getting hot. I said, they go, y'all going to pay him that type of money? Oh, do you so see what I do to him? You see what we it. do to him? <laughs> Yo, look, look, look. So, Somehow he didn't get the deal, but he tried to tell one of my team. I think it was Vic that Shady messed the deal up for me. I'm like, the team is not worried no, about what I don't I'm saying. That, Shady, no, yeah, way. it was your play. But I don't believe thinking that, about man. it now, I would have never spoken with Smiles' contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I don't right, believe right. that had any bearing on what happened to, to to his deal, and I can't believe you talked about this man's money, man. Yeah. So football, I think he deserved so, it. So football wow. beats are real. So football beats are real. Yeah, so yeah, not they, they true. are. But no, no, I want to ask you. True. I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a guy that got under your skin? Because I know, like not too long ago, Kenyon Martin came out and was talking yeah. about you and him going at it in a game. Oh, so. did he? Well, let's let's clarify this though. Oh, I want. Yeah, I, let, I, I, please I, clarify it to us. I didn't oh. have a chance. I didn't have a chance to respond to. This. So, in a two year <laughs> span, in a two year span, we ended up playing the New Jersey Nets at the time. Twice in the playoffs, we they, we play, we played them in the Easter Conference Finals, and we played them in the second round of the final. I mean, in the playoffs, they went to the finals both years back to back. For some odd reason, he got delusional and thought that he got the better of me. But then, when you look at the numbers, I don't know how you got the better of me. The first year, I averaged twenty two ten and like five. The next year was like twenty and seven. The next year was like twenty and seven. And I think he was like 12. He was like 12 points, 13 points, and like six rebounds. But he said he thought he thought he guarded me really well uh, and, and said he, he used to shut me down. So that, so I never responded to it. So that's what it was about. But I have to give them credit. They dominated us for two years. We lost to them in the Conference Finals. They swept us the second year, and they went to the finals back-to-back. But they never won. Well, what year is that? Was that when they had Jason Kidd and all that? Yeah, yeah, that was low. Yeah, oh, and Vince, okay. Vince Carter. So, so no, 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 no. they didn't have this guy. What, it was, yeah, they no, had no. Kittle. They had Kerry Kittles. Oh, that's right. Keith, Kittle. Keith, Keith, nice. Keith, Van, Keith Van Horn. 
Um, they had um, Aaron Collins, Williams, the Luce. center. Yeah, Lucius Harris. They were loaded. They dominated Harris. us team wise, but individual wise, he failed to put the two year stats up. I think that's where the problem lies at. Because I don't think me after twenty and ten, you shut me down. And twenty and that's seven. not shut you down. <laughs> twenty and ten, <laughs> but but quickly, Twan, because we gotta get to break. Like yeah. after that, was it like was it anything extra when y'all played each other? Like even on different no, teams? No, I would say this. I never had nothing extra nobody, but I knew certain guys could defend me a certain way. Like they could take mm. certain things away. So you had to go to your the extra moves. But that was about it. But no, cool. I had that problem. Pet Bev and Russell Westbrook are now best friends. Now, NBA Media Day has happened the last few days all over the NBA, and we don't have time to cover everything that happens. But one thing that we do want to hone in on is the relationship between Patrick Beverly and Westbrook. We know that they have history. It's been some bad history. Going back to when Pat Bev was with the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook was with the, you know, the Thunder and, you know, Westbrook ends up hurting his knee because he's about to call timeout at half court. And, you know, Pat Bev takes a swipe at at the ball before uh, the timeout is called. Now, Patrick Beverly is a member of the Lakers. And we know for the longest time he's been an antagonist of the Lakers. But it seems like these two have mended fences and are potentially best friends. Here, Pat Bev talking about Russell Westbrook. This is when Russ playing with, with the, the Houston Rockets. I don't we play the Houston Rockets and you know you gotta think the the the, the what me and Russ had, like he's at every chapel and I'm at every chapel. So like the fuel starts there. Like I'm trying to get right with Jesus at the same time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at his I'm looking at his slides like, hey man, why his slides look like that? You know? Yeah. So when we play Houston, you know, it comes to me during the game, like, yeah, man, I I got your sister court side tickets, but I'm I'm in so much gang mode. The only thing I hear is my sister. I'm I'm turning around like, hey, what the fuck's going on? You know? <laughs> so I, I, the play comes down to free throw line. I you know I absorb what he says. I look at my sister. She's on the floor. He gave him gave her her seats. Don't don't know me from a can of paint. Obviously, this is a story he hasn't told. I haven't told. You know. And next play, I go to him during the game free throw line. Hey, you know what? That's real as fuck. That's real. That's real. You did that. Yeah. And from that point on, if it was yeah. the have a, if I was to name a best friend, so far I've been on the team four weeks, three weeks, whatever. But if I was to name a best friend, it'd easily be him. Easy. Easy. We work out together. We lift weights together. We chat all the time. Easy. Now, Tuan, this is interesting, right? Because for the <laughs> longest, everybody thought they really hated each other. This whole time, Russell Westbrook is giving his sister courtside seats. I mean, how common is this in the NBA where guys are at each other's you know, neck during the game, but then honestly are pretty cool off the court? Man, this is what I, I, I was trying to explain this to, to, to you guys early during the basketball season last year. These are basketball, they're not really feuds. You know what I mean? These are basketball fights. They're not going past the court. Um, and I, obviously, I know Pat really, really well from Chicago. He's one of my guys. Um, and I think with those two guys, if you guys really pay attention to their game, they kind of, I mean, obviously, Russ is, is different, but they, play with the same energy, effort. They're going to give you everything they got. And he hurt Russ being, you know, I think being competitive. And I think Russ understood that. I don't think Russ took it personal. I think anytime you get hurt, you look at it, so you go back and say, well, he didn't have to do that. But that's how Pat plays. Pat's going to dive on the floor. He's going to go for loose balls. He's going to do all those things, all the intangible things. And I don't think Russ ever took that serious. 
where he where he disliked the guy. So I think that's why it's easy for those guys to make means and and be friends. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I just think that's the way Pat plays, and everybody understands that, and they don't put him in a different category than that. Yeah, Shane, what do you think about this situation? Because again, we always thought this was like real personal beef that these guys couldn't stand each other, but again, Russell Westbrook, you know, giving his sister floor seats for a game. And they don't even really know each other all that well. Like Pat Bev says, like, he don't know me from a can of paint. But now he's talking about the best friends on the team. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably won't do that ever. But it's, uh, it's cool. It's, it's cool. I think. But say, before, before you answer, though, put this in perspective. Think about where both of these guys are at in their career right now. They both okay. could possibly be, I mean, not Russ, probably so, but Pat could probably be on his way in a situation. He's in the last year of his deal. He's played on three or four teams the last couple of years. Russ has been on three, four teams. You know, when you start to play on the different teams at the end of your career, you know what the writing on the wall is. Right. That you possibly almost out. So I think these guys looking yeah. at it like, look, we need each other. We need to well, make no, this work. I, I I love it. Like they're they're being teammates as, far, I know as you, far as you're, down. You're, like you're a Laker fan too, right? You with the Lakers? No, I'm a, no, he's a I'm warrior, a warrior fan. fan. I'm a warrior oh. sixer fan. Yeah, but but wait, wait. I, I gotta ask you a question, Tuan. Now, the real quick to answer yours, dudes. I mean, I, I probably would never do that ever, you know. But that's not a, like a bad thing. Just I probably ain't buying about the floor seats, right? But Tuan, <laughs> I want to ask you because this is more your lane in basketball. Uh, yep. Why is it right? Because I, I don't know everything. I do know a lot. I mean, as the viewers, uh-huh. listeners know. But I don't. I, they made a big deal about when um, Patrick Beverly was coming to the Lakers, right? Everybody was so excited. And they question it. Oh, man, dang, what are they going to do with Westbrook? They're trying to trade him. And I'm thinking, Westbrook is a way better player than Patrick Beverly. So why why is that an issue in basketball? Explain that uh, for me, please. Uh, well, it's two parts to it. One, I think the pe- people look at um, the success, I mean, the success Pat Beverly had last year with Minnesota. Obviously, helping them get to the play-in situation. He played well enough. He was a impactful to that team and helping them, you know, get out the play situation and play against Memphis. And I think, well, Westbrook's situation was a lot of negativity. It was a situation where nobody, everybody wanted to blame him for the Lakers not being successful last year. But me and you both know, and if you love basketball and you know basketball and you're a student of the game, we're talking about a guy that's going to be a first-time battle Hall of Famer, mm. an MVP of the basketball league. I don't understand where Everybody in the media wanted to point their finger at him for one season that he averaged 18, 7, and 7 and played 78 games. He's never been able to shoot threes. When has he ever in his career in 14 years been able to shoot threes? Now, the free throw situation, I don't know where that came from. This is a guy, his first six, seven years, he shot 80% from the free throw line. It's probably mental. But he still plays hard. He plays every game. He's going to give you the best guy. You know what you're going to get from Russ. So I don't understand why everybody's making this big thing about Russ not being good. But I just think the way the season was last year, that's why I think the talk is like that. And everybody's like, oh, they got Patrick Beverly, great addition. Because the Lakers do need to get better defensively, and he'll make them better defensively without question. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes that's my sense. Pers- that's, that's my personal take on it. I just think where guys are at in their career, I think when you look at the 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 positivity that came with Pat and what he's done last year and how things were in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota they gave him a contract extension for another year. I mean, it was a lot of positive feedback. Um, obviously, he was involved in that big, huge trade with Rudy Gobert. 
But it was a lot of positive things coming from Pat Beverly's side. Um, where Russ, we've listened to six, seven months of people killing Russ and blame him for the Lakers situation. Yeah, which was yeah. crazy. And I, I've been saying this to him, like, how can you blame Russell uh, Westbrook when Brown was hurt last year for a good portion of the season? And Anthony Davis, who it's a perfect segue, who we're about to talk about because Anthony Davis spoke with media and he told him he has a chip on his shoulder now. He's Ooh. returning from injury and it limited him <laughs> last year. And this is him speaking to the media, saying how he has a big chip on his shoulder. And not only him, the whole team. You know, all of us have a chip on our shoulder. Uh, and I think uh, it's going to be a great year for us. But, you know, we can't. It's not just going to be given to us. We got to go take it. And we got to, you know, starts tomorrow. Just coming in and just working each and every day. Now, Twan, I don't know how big of a chip is on his shoulder when this man wasn't getting his shots up. Because I know we were on here a few months ago. And this man said he hadn't taken any shots or did anything since the season ended. So that damn chip ain't that big. <laughs> what do you think about uh, his, um, his his comments about having a chip on his shoulder this year? Man, honestly, guys, I'm I'm excited to, to hear him talk like that. Um, we need him to bounce back. You got to think about it, man. This guy, prior to last season, we thought he was going to be – we had him in a top five conversation with Correct. Jokic and, and, and Durant and the Greek freak and – we had him in that conversation with Embiid Correct. as one of the top five guys in the league. So the fact that he knows that he had a down year and he wants to bounce back, I mean, that's music to my ears, especially a guy from Chicago who's rooting for him and want, want the best for him. But um, it's the right mentality they got to have, you yeah. know, for, for the Lakers. They, they want to rebound. I think his comments about all of them having a chip on their shoulder, I don't know if that's correct because LeBron James had a monster year. For a guy in his 19th season, he just didn't, you know, only played 56 games. But um, they got some new guys in their team. They got to incorporate. And I always say this about um, the Lakers, and you'll hear me say this as the season goes along. And just looking at their roster, top to bottom, the problem that they have, and Shay, they don't do what your team do. Your team can shoot the three. Golden State. One thing the Lakers still got a problem. They don't have any space in the perimeter shooting. Yeah. And I don't know how you can win in the NBA um, without great three-point shooting, or at least above-average three-point shooting. If we look at the teams that play for the championships, the final four teams that were in there, they were all good three-point shooting teams. So that's my question mark on the Lakers, but I'm glad to see my man Anthony Davis is um, taking responsibility uh, for a bad season last year. Well, Shady, I'll follow it up by asking you this question. Do you think this Lakers team can make it work? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they got LeBron James, like – Got LeBron, and then one person that that we talked about is Anthony Davis. I will say this: when he's focused and he's playing solid and he's not being soft, and every time he gets touched, he's hurt. If he's just playing regular, like he's a beast. And and, and the um, bubble, he was killing. He was different. Right? Yeah. So I just I, I like Anthony Davis, and I, even with Westbrook, I'm not like an overly crazy Westbrook fan, but I gotta respect Westbrook. Like he he's a solid player. He plays hard. He plays play super hard. Um, yeah. I think they can control. They could control him a little bit. Sometimes Westbrook gets wild with the ball, turnovers, and all that. But he's a hell of a player. So I think they can make that work somehow. But but like Twan said, when, last year when they had Rondo, they had um, Westbrook on the same floor, I said, bro, this is not going to be a great team because they can't shoot. It's like they're all the same guy. You know, you got to have shooters. LeBron's teams, they did well on. This for me having some basketball knowledge. Twan, by the way, Twan, I was an All-American. No, no, I'm sorry. I was an All-State in basketball <laughs> and football. I won All-American. But, well, too, if, I, 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 
Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Tom. What you got? Go ahead. No, I, I just want to add this that we got to think about, too. When and he asked you, were they going to be better? You think they're going to be better? They're going to be better because the Western Conference is not as tough as the Eastern Conference. And we haven't been able to say that. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> long time. Whoa. You don't think so, Tawan? I literally no. was about to ask you. The West is put, better. No. Where, where you put the no, Lakers at rank-wise? Not, not, not from top to bottom. It's not, it's not better from top to bottom. You got you to look at it again. Because now you got to I finally disagree with you. No, no, think about it. You got to think about Utah. Utah was the fifth seed last year. Yeah. You got you to gotta remove them. How good is Minnesota going to be? Again, we don't know how good Minnesota going to be. They playing with two seven-footers. That, <laughs> style gonna be, that style may not work. And the Spurs was a 10th seed. They made the play-in situation. No, they're going to be horrible they're, this they're, year. They're, they're in a bad. rebuilding situation. So, so you got to think about the Lakers But go now, to the top, But you got to think the Clippers are going to be top. way better. Clippers gonna like, be nice this year. I, I, I like. I'm gonna be. I'm a. Out of respect, I like Golden State. Is my. I got them at the one seed. Okay. Clippers, Obviously, Clippers, my boys. Clippers the two seed. I got seed. the Clippers as the one seed. I got. I got the Clippers as a two seed. Okay. I, I. I like. I like the Phoenix Suns still. They got the same team Ooh. coming back. Best team last year in record in the last two years. Yeah, the they, best they, team. They won, That's they, three. They won, they won sixty-three. I like the Denver Nuggets. At four, they should be healthy this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, four. Like Devin Nuggets at four. And then my five, six, y'all can take it how you want to. I like the Mavs or the Lakers at five or six. Either one okay, of those Okay, but that, teams. That's, that's strong. That's Yo, you just named me like I gave you six five, teams. six good but, teams. Yeah, but he's saying from top but to bottom, the from East top is deeper. From top to bottom, and the, the East Okay, let's, is, let's go to the, the East. Lakers. Let's go to the East. I don't think so. Oh, I don't believe that. Let's go to the East. Oh, okay. But we, that's a perfect segue after we go to the East, too. Okay, <laughs> Come on. we got – we think about it. You got Brooklyn. Okay. You, get, you still you got, got Boston up there with even though dealing, yeah, dealing get, with all uh, this. You got you got Brooklyn. You got Milwaukee. Three. You got Bo- you got Boston. Boston to be fine. Your don't three. make no difference. Your Dunker doesn't make a difference. Damn. Hold on. Are you are you ready? <laughs> you don't you make a difference, Twan? Uh, no, you got Philly. four. Four. You got that's it. You got Miami. No, Miami still. You tripping? Oh, you got, five. You, you got my. You got my Atlanta. Hold on, Atlanta. No, Bro, you I, forgot I, I, they got the Jonte Murray now? Uh, Man, Atlanta, they gonna be what? I'm listening. Listen, you got you got Cleveland. Yeah, Spider Mitchell no, there now. No, yes. no, what? No. Okay, 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 okay. He don't watch. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You don't watch. No, no, you're right. Six, six. No, he's right. He's right. Six. The Chicago Bulls. They won. No. They were number one seed for the longest. Chicago's Toronto, come on, man. They're not. They, and, and then you got the Toronto Raptors. They won four. So that's so six. On. So Tuan, you really not gonna put Atlanta up there? No, no. I got I got Atlanta like seven to eight. You are, bro. I don't they're think like, you understand how like, good like Jonathan like Murray playing. is. No, no, no. I do in. like him. No, I'm talking about Shady. I don't think he well, understands. Well, and then when we start really getting into basketball and making our predictions and pick, don't sleep on the Detroit Pistons. Oh, don't done. sleep on. I'm I'm sleep on them. I love your game, man. But you. I, I, I don't know. I you lose me, I say it's September right now. We ain't got to get heavily, heavily into basketball season. It, it, it do look balanced though. But when I yeah. tell you, when I tell you, Detroit Pistons, remember that. Remember, I told you that with all them young boys. With all them young boys. Listen, when people yes. when people say stuff they like got, that, it's hard to they forget. Got, they, I know you're not gonna forget. <laughs> they got a nice roster. So Detroit won 23 games last year. They'll get to 40. Yeah. Now put it mm. like that. Oh, okay. We're going to so see. Now, sure? oh, they won I mean, 23 we're... games last year. They'll yeah. get to 40. 
This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Antoine Walker and LaShawn Shady McCoy. And Antoine and Shady just gave us a perfect segue because we were talking about mm-hmm. the West in the NBA. Now let's talk about the East. And the big story this summer was Kevin Durant, right? He wanted out of Brooklyn. He asked for either the GM, Sean Marks, and co- head coach Steve Nash to be fired, or he asked to be traded away. But ultimately, he decided to stay, and Nash is still in the fold, and Sean Marks is still in the fold. This is Kevin Durant speaking to the media about his decision to stay in Brooklyn. Well, there was a lot of uncertainty around our team last year. Um, I committed to this organization for four years last summer with the idea that we was going to play with that group that we kind of went on that little run with the second round with, you know. I felt like another year of that us being healthy, um, you know, we were looking, we we're building something towards the future, you know. So then, as the season went on, I have, you know, you seen what happened with our season, guys in and out the lineup, injuries, just a lot of uncertainty, which built some doubt in my mind about the next four years of my career. I mean, I'm getting older, and I want to be in a place that's stable and. Um, trying to build a championship culture. So I had some doubts about that. And um, I voiced them to Joe, and we moved forward from there. But, you know, in my mind, I I did like what we did, you know, with Sean put together this summer with the team. And I knew that um, with all the adversity that we hit and a lot of failures that we hit as a team last year, you know, guys are going to be working to get better and be better and not have to make that, try to not make that a trend. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I was still there. And I had conversations with Steve and Joe, Claire and Sean. And, you know, we came to a mutual agreement that we should keep moving forward. Now, Kevin Durant was asked, was he surprised to actually still be at Brooklyn Net? And this is what he said. No. I mean, I'm, I know I'm that good that you're just not going to give me away. So uh, that's one thing I did appreciate about Sean and Joe. It's like, yeah, you're too great for us to give you away. Just that easy, that simple. So um, I get that. I know who I am. Now, Kyrie Irving, who kind of put this Brooklyn Nets team together, weighed in on the drama this offseason and said it was awkward when Kevin Durant asked for a trade. It was just a lot, like hearing – Kev won a trade request. I opt in. It's awkward. <laughs> it's very awkward. I'm sitting at home like, I don't know what to think of it, but because there's a trust that we have within each other, I just ultimately want to see him do well and be happy. Now, Markeith Morris, who recently signed with the Brooklyn Nets, kind of summed it up perfectly, talking about Kevin Durant and the situation with the Nets. Hear how he summed it up. Like I said before, you know, Brooklyn was on my was a top team the whole summer. Uh, actually, that was my number one phone call right up until what happened with Kevin. But, you know, man, just that's the NBA, man. Um, you break up with a girlfriend, you get back with her. Same sh- Same sh- <laughs> You have your differences until you figure it out. Does it work? Yeah, I mean, broke up with my wife a couple times. We still married. <laughs> <laughs> it works. But, you know, sometimes you need space to figure some things out. It just works, you know. It is what it is. Now, Steve Nash wants it, uh, wants it to be clear that his relationship with Kevin Durant is good heading into the start of the 2022 and 23 season. He says, we're fine. He says, um, 
after the Nets' first official practice of the season on Tuesday, we're good. Ever since we talked, it's been like nothing's changed. I have a long history with Kevin. I love the guy. Families have issues. We had a moment, and it's behind us. That's what happens. It's common situation in the league. Swan, man, do you think this Brooklyn team, after everything that you know they've been through with Kevin asking for a trade, uh, essentially Kyrie kind of wanting to leave, but then deciding to opt back in and saying he's all in with the Brooklyn Nets. Can they put it together, even though Kevin Durant asked for his GM and head coach to be fired? <laughs> um, I think they can. I think because all these guys, we talked about the Lakers and Anthony Davis talking about chips on their shoulder. I think all these guys in Brooklyn should have well, chips on their shoulder. I, I don't mean to stop you, Tron. I, I, we have to go to um, – Roger Center right now. Aaron Judge okay. again is up, chasing history, home run 61 to tie. Roger Maris is 61 home runs. Now the 0-1 is outside one and one. The pitch breaking balls outside. So the count two and one on Judge. You know, everyone wants to see him hit a home run, and we do in this booth. He deserves it. But the two one is low. But really, if he walks him, and I would say there's a good chance, I think it's a good thing. Gives the Yankees a good start. The idea is to win the game, especially. Until they clinch, which would be tonight if they win. Now, here's the 3-1. And there is a strike. Fastball strike, three and two. And Judge took one step towards first base. Three infielders on the left side. The center fielder, Springer, plays a few steps over in right center. The 3-2 is inside and low, so Judge is on again. Coming back. Aaron Judge just got walked. Do you think they can still put it together and this team can still have success this year? No, I, I believe they can have success, obviously. They're too talented not to. And I believe that all these guys should have a chip on their shoulder. Um, I, want, I want to first start up by saying I want to give the Brooklyn organization um, kudos for staying firm um, and not taking a bad deal and making Kevin Durant honor his contract. I think that was the best smart thing to do. We all know and we follow Kevin Durant's career. He's very emotional. We know he he reacts. He's not necessarily a thinker when he comes to some of these big situations. So for them to stay packed and not make a a, a move, I thought was great, um, and, and really giving this team a chance to, um, especially once you got Kyrie Irving to opt into his deal to really try to see if these guys can put it put it together. So I'm um, as a basketball fan, I'm excited about that. Um, I want to keep the parity going on in the league. I don't want to see him go somewhere um, like a Golden State or a Phoenix Suns and play with other two superstars. I like the situation they got going on there. But you did touch on one thing. I think it's always going to be a little disturbing. Um, I think Steve Nash took the high road. But when you start calling for guys' jobs, mm. um, you know, I think that's still going to be something that could could linger them, that could hurt them. Um because obviously he went public and called for the GM and the head coach job, and I think you know that can always rub guys the wrong way. So it, the relationship they're gonna it's gonna take a while for it to get there, and winning will solve all that. I think they're gonna win. They're gonna be one of the 
They're one of my top four teams in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have a, just a, a chance to win the championship. And I look forward to watching. I think because these guys are going to have – Kevin Durant's going to have something to prove. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is going to have something to prove. And Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, you, we, we didn't mention Ben Simmons. Um, I love the fact that Ben Simmons on – I'm not sure what podcast he spoke on, um, but I watched this, the podcast he was on, and he talked about um, – his problems and situations that he went through in Philly, and it seems like his head is clear. So if he's 100%, I mean, sky's the limit how good they're going to be. Yeah, and Shane, I want to bring you in this too because you made a good point, right, Antoine Walker? Me and you were actually talking about Ben Ben Simmons specifically, Shady, saying like he don't have to be a pivotal point of the offense, right? He can come in, play defense, and you can have him at point guard. He's a 6'8 guy that can guard four positions on the court. Do you think this Brooklyn team, Shady, with everything that's happened this summer, all the drama with, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and even Ben Simmons, that they can put it together and make a run at a championship? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Man, you're talking about Kevin Durant and, and uh, Kyrie Irving, and then you add a guy like Ben Simmons who could just, well, for them, he'll probably play a lot tougher um, in certain games. <laughs> well, it sounds personal for you, Shady. <laughs> well, I mean, my six years, I mean, he, <laughs> like I, I don't want to get into it. it's old, but I, I just hate players when like if a, if fans react a certain way, you know they take it out on the whole organization. Like oh, I'm so upset, trade me or this and that. Like brother, you play better, they they cheer for you better. So but but, you know, but they got a good team, they got a good team. But you know everybody ain't built for Philly, shady. You know That's Philly true. a tough. He's not. Everybody's <laughs> not built for Philly. He said he loves Philly still. Yeah, he was being sarcastic. He I know, yeah. <laughs> but, but, hey, hey uh, Shady, I want to go back to something that Twan said, right? He was saying that Ime Udoka is not going to have no, you know, he ain't going to change what the Boston Celtics are going to do. I, I would like to, for you to elaborate on that, Twan. Well, I, I just believe. I think said that. that. I, well, <laughs> I, I believe the foundation is set. The culture is set. Those guys got a taste of success and getting to the finals, and and I do believe they felt like they should have won that series. I mean, you turn the ball over 46 times, you go through the summer. Jason Tatum um, got an incomplete in the finals. I just think they're a focused group. Incomplete. I, I, I think I just think they're, they're a focused group, and they already have their identity. Um, they added a good piece in Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Gallinari probably won't get an opportunity to play, but mm. they got all the pieces in play. The coach has been around. It's not like um, the um, the coach that took over hasn't been there. Missoula. Missoula has been with this group. And he was up for a head coach job this this summer. So he has – so people, you know, kind of regarding him at a high level when he's interviewing for um, NBA head coaches jobs. I think they'll be fine. Well, this um, is why I asked you, Twan, because, Shady, you know this in football, and I want, you know, you to tell us how it is in basketball. When a guy becomes interim coach, right, they kind of – you know, they try to keep everything kind of similar, but they always got to put their own handprint on, you know, the team, right? So how is it in basketball when somebody, I mean, and I don't know if we've seen a situation like this. Now, coaches have been fired middle of the season, so we've seen that. But, like, right before training camp where this guy's going to be the coach for the whole year, um, how does that change the X's and O's, right? And does it take, you know, the Boston Celtics some time to really get that continuity with, whatever Missoula wants to put in place because people tend to forget to this team was bad before the all-star break, right? They weren't even in playoff contention. I think they were like a nine or 10 seed, maybe Twan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
And, you know, people were asking, can Tatum, can Brown, can they play together? I mean, people are still asking that now because of what happened in the finals. And then also the drama, like people also forget the drama between them potentially putting Jalen Brown in a package for Kevin Durant. Like you got to deal with that as well, too. And Jalen Brown has come out and spoke about that. He tweeted about it. So my thing is, I know you said M.A. Udoka not being there went on change how they do things. But I felt like he was the guy that kind of held that team together. That gave them a belief because with Brad Stevens, they went to the conference finals, but they never could get over the hump and get into the championship. Emei Doko in his first year was able to bring that team together. They were always their underdog, and they kind of had they kind of fed off that underdog role, right, Tuan? And it, and it pushed them to the fore. And we talked about this during the finals. Like no other team was tested like the Brooklyn Celtics. I mean, the Boston Celtics heading into the finals, right? They were against the elimination a few times, and every time they battled back. So I think a lot of that had to do with Emei Doko. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out of the gate. Not at all. This has happened with their head coach. Yeah, I think I think one thing where I'm giving this team and this unit the benefit of the doubt is because of the adversity and the things that they went through last year. They pretty much seen it all. This group, and they only added one other piece to the group, so they could get kind of get through everything. I think obviously with the new coach, he'll implement some new plays, surprise some new situations that he want to do himself. But I think everything else is going to stay the same. Now, where where you're going to miss Udoka is that player's touch. Um, mm-hmm. An ex-player um, that's been around a lot of superstars. He knows how to deal with guys, um, handle guys throughout the season, know how to take care of guys' bodies. All that stuff, I think, is important. And that's where you're going to miss Udoka as an ex-player and a guy who's been around so many superstars who knows how to manage that and keep guys together. So you're going to miss that that touch to it, but just going out there and playing and um, having continuity, all that stuff is already in place. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, remember when Luke Walton took over for Steve Kerr? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of like that that type of situation. Okay. Everything's already laid out for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's, that's the one thing that the Celtics have going for them that's headed in the right direction. But I'm pretty sure as the season goes along and things goes along, He's going to change some plays. He's going to change some situations, things that they may did before. He may, hell, he may change the lineup. Yeah. You know, so he may change the lineup. You never know. So that, those are some of the things that we can look for. But the Celtics will be right in the mix. Definitely top four in the East. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey can I ask him a question, though, real quick? Yeah, real quick, because then we got to get the break, Shay. I think I know so much. So is it safe to say that the only team in basketball that, that runs a real, real offense is the Warriors or my tripping? I feel like every team plays basketball, um, but the Warriors, the they Warriors, got like the real Warriors, plays. Like The Warriors are the, the, probably one of the few teams that move the basketball. I think the league oh, has become okay. – such. they move the ball, they share it, they move it out the ball. Steph Curry doesn't stand still. He moves, cuts. But they all move. Yeah, that's they're one of the few teams that do that in the league, if not the only team. I would have to really okay. put my brain to it because so many other teams rely on their superstar, put them in mm, pick and roll. ISO, yeah. Yeah, to make play. So that's a that's a legitimate point, Shady, that the, the, the Golden State Warriors might be the only team that moves the ball. And you know, they're gonna get th- they're gonna get 30 assists as a team. Yeah. You know okay, what I mean? So now I'm not tripping. That's good to know that. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am athlete tonight. It's part of the Series XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? 
catch a full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.